0: Hi, this is Dan Sheridan. We're continuing our studies in John's Gospel. I'm glad you can join me today once again. And I hope you've been following my advice and reading John's Gospel for yourself and using these audios as a supplement to your personal readings as you try to get to know God through John's Gospel. Well, we told you last time why this wonderful book was written. And it was found in chapter 20, and it's well worth reading again. You'll find that I'll repeat myself often. And I do that because I think it's good for both you and me to have things repeated many times, and that way it sticks with us. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, we read, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So we have something written down. There's nothing more simple than writing. It's a basic fact of humanity, writing. And uh, we communicate with each other through written words. And no matter how much our technology changes, we still use words with our technology, whether the spoken word or the written word. And God is pleased to give us something in writing because we are created in God's image and God loves to communicate. Didn't we learn that last time in the first two verses? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So from the very beginning, God communicated. And we saw that that Word, His expression, pointed to Him. It relates to Him. It's about Him. And it also replaces Him when He can't be seen because the Word was God. Just like our writings represent us when we're absent, so too the Scriptures represent God who can't be seen, but guess what? He's part of us. He's here. He's watching. He's our God. He may be silent. You may not be able to see him, but he's there. So we see that God loves to communicate. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament which tells us something about the character of God. There was a man and a woman who had a son named Samson. You might have heard of the great Samson, the strong man in the Bible. And I won't read it to you now. You can find it on your own. But the story goes that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Samson's father and mother before Samson was born to tell this couple that they were going to have this son who was going to do great things in Israel. Well, after the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, the, the father, the husband, was scared. He goes, Oh, no, we're going to die because we've seen a manifestation of God. We saw one of his angels. We're going to die. And the wife calms him down and says, Honey, do you think God would have spoken to us like this if he wanted to kill us? Now, that tells, tells us something about God's character. He wouldn't have gone through all that he has gone through to get us books, this whole Bible if he planned on destroying us, God didn't create us to be destroyed. He created us Because he loves everything he has made and he wants to communicate with us. And so that's a good Bible story to remind you that God loves you and he wants you to know him, to get to know him and enjoy a relationship with him. Another thing I want to make a comment after we spoke last time, I looked on my um, Oxford's Writer's Theosaurus and I looked up the word word because we've been using this term here. In the beginning was the word. And I saw some of the things it said on there. I want to share them with you. Because it, I think it's important, and there's ten different things I want to share with you that came from this uh, book. Uh, number one, we saw that the word is an expression, and that's one of them. But the theosaurus says also, number two, it's a remark or a comment. A word is a remark or a comment. For example, his words were gracious. You know, there's a passage in the Gospel of Luke where it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ when he spoke. It says they marveled at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. So the Bible is like gracious comments and remarks as we're going to see them throughout these passages that we study. Also, a word is a script. This is the third one, a script or lyrics. In other words, I have to learn those words in two weeks. You know, if you ever sang in a band, I've done that before. You have to learn the words. And that's what the scriptures are like. They're, they're, they're like lyrics to a song. There's a harmony, a melody. There's a great story. There's nothing better than a song with a good story. Well, the Bible's the greatest story ever told. Number four, a word is also a promise. Word of honor, pledge, or assurance. In other words, in the, as in the statement, I give you my word, you see? And the Bible is God's word to you. You know, he tells you things and you can bank on them because God has his, it's his word of honor. It's his pledge. It's his, it's something he tells us to give us assurance. God wants us to know And we know we can know things about our lives now, and we can also bank on God's future promises. You know, God has a lot to say about the future, and there is a hope. And one of those great hopes is to know that all the dead will be raised again. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Uh, Number five, a word is also talk, chat conversation or a powwow. In other words, I want to have a word with you. And that's what God is doing with us in John's gospel. He's saying to you and to me, he's saying, I want to have a word with you. And the Bible is a huge book. It's very big. But this one book in particular is he wants you to sit down and he wants to have a word with you. And that's why I suggest open this gospel. When you sit by yourself, say, God, speak to me. You said you wanted to have a word with me. Help me understand this. Also, number six word is news, as if, as if to say, is there any uh, word from the doctor? In other words, is there news from the doctor? And the Bible's got news for you. It's good news. And also, number seven, it's a rumor. In other words, that wor- the word is that you've changed. That's a rumor. And the Bible can change us. Remember what we said last time, that the scriptures changes your view of not only who you are in the present, and also gives you hope for the future. The Bible changes you. To love, it makes you love God and then you love others. It brings this kind of change, and people will hear that rumor about you if you put into practice these things that we're reading. Number eight, a word is instruction, command, a green light, or a thumbs up. In other words, as, as in the saying, I'm waiting for the word from the boss. I wait for his thumbs up to do something. And uh, we too, we wait on God's instruction. Uh, God gives us green lights on certain things and thumbs up on certain things. He tells there's commands in the scriptures too, and they're all for our good, just like a father would tell his child what to do. And uh, number nine, a word is a law, as in his word is law. And by the way, as a Christian, as a believer in the Bible, his word is law to me. I go it to learn uh, his truths, and I think this Bible is the Word of God, and it is His Word is law; it governs us. And number ten, word is a motto. Another like as a business would say, our word must be success. And it's a motto. And my motto is, I want to know God through this book. And may that be our motto, too, that we search the scriptures to get to know God. All right, that's enough on that. I hope that helped make that uh, clearer. But when you look at all this, think about what we just learned about a word. It's an expression. It's a remark. It's like the lyrics of a song. It's a promise. It's a word of honor. It's a pledge. It's a conversation, a powwow God is having with you. It's good news. And uh, it's it's his law to us. And so we learned a lot uh, from those. I hope that was helpful. All right. Now, today we're going to focus on verse 3, and it's going to be a short one here as I went a little long in my introduction, but I thought it was helpful. But in verse 3, we read this, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So notice here now in verse 3, we have creation. Look outside your window right now. If you can get to one, go out and look. That's God's world out there. He created it. And in verse 3, it says, all things were made by him. And the hymn is referring to the word. The word is being personified here because it's alive. It's not dead. It's a living thing. It changes people. It's, it's for life. And creation we learn here is through the word. Because this world that God made and in the in the sun, moon, and stars which are above us, and this world which God made is meant to be the theater, the stage upon which God tells a great story, a story of his love and his redemption. It's the greatest story ever told. And so the very creation itself, all things were made by him. By what? By the word. In other words, his creation has a purpose. It's not heading in no direction. There's it's not there's no uh, uh, there's a point to all this, and so God brought in creation and put us on this earth because He wanted to tell a story, and He wanted us to know Him, and it's a it's a love story. And by the way, the the story doesn't you know they always there was a saying that said, the road to true love never did run smooth, because there are bumps along the way. But it's a great story. So creation came into being through the Word. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He's repeating himself. He's emphasizing the fact that creation comes from God. It was through his word that it came into existence because it was a place in which he wanted to tell his story. And that's what creation is all about. All right, so we'll stop here. We'll pick up in verse 4 next time. This is Dan Sheridan. Thanks for listening. Until we talk again, remember this. God loves you.